Good afternoon. Welcome back to Beis HaBechira, God's chosen home. Here's the problem. We all know that Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, is the center of Jewish life. We know that there are many mitzvot, many sacred duties that have to be performed in the Beit HaMikdash, and that the Temple Mount has special halachic significance. We know that the city of Yerushalayim has unique designation. Is that biblical? Does it come from the Torah? To be sure, the city of Jerusalem is never mentioned in the Torah by name. In fact, it was a mystery for centuries. To further compound the problem, the notion of a sacred or special place where the Jewish people would worship Hashem is only talked about in the Sinai Desert. Although there were various mishkanot that were established throughout the land of Israel, including in the city called Shiloh, for 369 years, we don't hear anything about the design, the layout, the municipal kind of division of the area, and what was or wasn't sacred. Because of this, we have no choice but to superimpose the Sinai schematic over the city of Yerushalayim. That is to say, when we look at the way we encamped in the desert, we can find three distinct levels of Kedusha, three distinct levels of halachic designation. And so, Rambam tells us, we take those three different areas and superimpose them over the city of Yerushalayim, the holy mountain, Moriah Temple Mount, and the Beis HaMikdash. We've learned about this in our previous episode as we started Halacha Yud Aleph, the 11th Halacha of the 7th chapter, and now we will continue. As we said yesterday, Uchenegdon, corresponding to that Sinai schematic, the Dorot, for posterity. Mipetach Yerushalayim Adhar Habayis, from the door, from the entranceway. Now this doesn't refer to a particular entranceway, nor do we have specifically ordained entranceways to the city of Yerushalayim. In previous episodes, we've learned that it's possible to expand the sacred scrimmage of the city. Yerushalayim can actually grow. So, Mipesach means from the entrance, or really from the wall, from the outer orbit of the city of Yerushalayim, all the way until Har Habayit, corresponds Kemachane Yisrael to the Israelite camp, which, as mentioned in our previous episode, includes the four different encampments that surrounded the Mishkan the traveling tabernacle of God, when we made our desert journeys en route from Mitzrayim to Eretz Nosheva, to the Holy Land, Eretz Yisrael. Now, here's something really important. We learned about this in the beginning of the fifth chapter, and I can't reiterate it enough. When we say Temple Mount, we're not referring to what you think. That is to say, the Kotel, which we revere and consider to be Sirid Beit Migdashenu, a remnant of our holy Beit HaMikdash, is actually nothing but a retaining wall. The Temple Mount was massively expanded. There's a lot of landfill in building up that tabletop mountain. However, the actual area which is sacred, the area which is called Harabayat, is a much, much smaller portion of Jerusalem's geography. According to the Piskei Teisvis, in Midas it says the total area of Harabayas was, pardon me, let's step back for a second. 
as a rule, we believe the Mishnah tells us that Harabais is Chomesh Me'esama, or Chomesh Me'esama, 500 cubits by 500 cubits, that gives us a total of 250,000 square cubits. However, the Piske Teisves in Seches Midos tells us that the total area of the Temple Mount was actually greater than that. In other words, initially, the natural mountain was bigger, but that was the area that was consecrated. So it was understood that just as there was an area of scrimmage beyond which we called Machana Levia, the Levite camp, so too, when David, David HaMelech, established Yerushalayim, he sort of ringed off the area of Harabayas, whether that was the natural scrimmage of the area, just exactly 250,000 square cubits, or they sanctified a particular area, that became Harabayat Lidorot for generations. So from the outer wall of Yerushalayim, which we know moved a number of times, and we have special halachot of how Yerushalayim can be expanded, all the way in, past the Kotel, past the southern excavations, past what they call today the Eastern Gate, which is not really the Eastern Gate, it's just a parapet which is built on top of the actual wall. The truth is that the entirety of that retaining wall is still standing. It's just that the Kotel is the most prominent part of it and the part that's been exposed, and we've talked a lot about that. However, that's not Harabayat. Up till Harabayat means up till the actual sacred area, which we're not 100% sure of where exactly it begins. Hence the problem of visiting the Temple Mount, because whilst people believe they know where the Harabayat may have been, it's not exactly so clear. And even looking at radar or sonogram wouldn't help us if we followed the Piskei who tells us that they only consecrated a specific area of that mountain. Where in the Temple Mount would that be? We don't really know. So up until that point, there's one level of Kedusha. Then the Rambam says, Umi Pesach Rabayis, from the door into the Har Habayit, and there were seven entranceways into the Harabayat. From that area into the Harabayat, that corresponds Ad Pesach Azara until the door of the actual courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash. Not to be confused with the schematic you're familiar with. We're talking about Shar Nikonar. Says, says Rambam, Shahu Shar Nikonar, the Nikonar Gate. The Nikonar Gate was far, far further in than what you typically imagine the Har Habayas or Beis Hamikdash to look like. When you think of the Beis Hamikdash, you think of that outer courtyard with four quadrants. That's called Ezrat Nashim. That's not actually Beis Hamikdash proper. We know this because everything is fashioned after the schematic of the Mishkan its courtyard, the area of the Levites, and then the camp of Israel. So up until the Shar Nikonar, which corresponds, which is the inner courtyard, immediately surrounding the Heichal, corresponding to that little travel, traveling tabernacle building called Mishkan, up until that point is all considered to be Machina Levia. That corresponds to the camp of Levi. And then... From the doorway of Sharnikonar, 
This is in front of the proverbial Shir Hamalot, which Rashi tells us is the area where Levites would play their sacred music and sing their holy songs outside the area of the actual Beis HaMikdash at times. So those Shir Hamalot are outside, they lead into the Beis HaMikdash. They don't have a different designation than the rest of Har Habayit. At least not if we speak about things on a biblical level. And then, from the doorway or past the door of Nicanor, which was made of highly polished copper and shone like beautiful gold, Ulefnim, that's called Machaneshchina. Now, you're thinking, one moment, but we have this business of, of inside the Harabayat, there was a, a latticework called a sorig, and then there's, a, according to the Rambam, an area called Chel, which the Rambam says is a rampart. We have uh, different opinions about this. According to the Vavadji Bartanura, the Chel is not a rampart or a, or, or a wall, but it's actually an area, just an area designated for holiness of 10 cubits. Rambam says, no, there was a huge wall there. And that wall ringed a certain level of holiness. Or so, we tend to think. So Rambam says that the Chel, that rampart, which was around the Beit HaMikdash outer courtyard itself, as well as Ezrat Nashim, the courtyard in the front of the Beit HaMikdash, Mala Yetera Bebeit Olamim. This was an, an added level of holiness that was only established with the permanent home of Hashem. And I want to point out to you that the permanent home of Hashem refers not to the second Beit HaMikdash, but actually to the Temple Mount itself and the Beit HaMikdash where it always stood. And this solves a very interesting mystery, something that always puzzled me. We believe that those Shir HaMalot were named the Songs of Ascent or Stairs of Ascent, Songful Ascent, by King David. But we believe that in the first Beit HaMikdash, there was no four quadrants. That's based on Ezekiel's description of the third Beit HaMikdash. The answer clearly is that there was an area of some demarcation. We don't know precisely what kind of wall ringed it, but there was some kind of structure. No, it didn't look like the second Beit HaMikdash. It didn't have the quadrants, but there was an area and that was made. So there was a courtyard that corresponded to the courtyard of the Mishkan, and then there was another courtyard set forward. That would have a special designation of holiness by rabbinic ordination. That's something that King Solomon, Shlomo HaMelech, would have put in place. Why? Well, obvious reasons. They would have wanted to preserve the sanctity of the Beis HaMikdash, so when you create these outer layers of scrimmage and you add halachic obligation and responsibility, it creates a greater sense of awe and reverence, which, as we've learned, is what these halachot are really all about. Now, it's uh, also interesting to note that although there are various halachot in which we treat the chel differently, than the rest of the Harabayat. And we certainly treat the Ezrat Nashim differently than the area of the Chel. Although this is true, this would have to be what is called a Chumrah, a stringency, not something that is rooted in actual scripture or biblical ordination. Now, what is the difference between Machana Yisrael, the Israelite camp, which corresponds to all of Jerusalem up until the Temple Mount? the actual Halachic Temple Mount. What's the difference between the actual Temple Mount area and what we would call the Migdash compound? 
That's a good question. The Rambam doesn't talk about that yet. This will be discussed on the halachot, so to speak, on the go forward. We'll hear about the laws of Machne Yisrael, Yerushalayim, and its environs in Halacha Yudalad. We're going to hear about Machna Leviya in the 15th halacha of this chapter. We're going to hear about Machna Shechina in the 18th and the 19th halacha. And in the 17th halacha, on the go forward, we'll talk about the Kedusha, the holiness attributed to the Chayl. I want to say this in closing. In the very next halacha, the Rambam is going to speak about the notion of the land of Israel. The land of Israel being sacred and holy. And of course, that has to be defined. How do we define a holy land? We'll talk about it in tomorrow's episode. The point that I make is this. The Rambam is going to talk about 10 levels of Kedusha. In verse 13, we'll talk about 10 levels of Kedusha in the land of Eretz Yisrael itself. All of this is not based on the Sinai schematic. The Sinai schematic is unique to the concept of a Migdash or a Mishkan. Because remember, when we were in the desert, there was no concept of a Holy Land. However, the Holy Land of Israel and its borders is talked about copiously many times in the Torah. And as such, its holiness is considered to be biblical, but that is in some way separate and apart from the Kedusha, the holiness, the sanctity, which centers on the Migdash, its outer compound, and ultimately the holy city of Yerushalayim. We'll continue to explore these fascinating halachas. I hope that gives you an appreciation, a better understanding of how we arrived, our sages arrived at these conclusions. It turns out that whilst Yerushalayim isn't mentioned in the Torah, it actually is all rooted in Scripture itself. And we continue to hope and pray that very speedily, and in our time, Hashem will bring us home, not only to Eretz Yisrael, not only to Yerushalayim, Irak Kodesh, not only into the Harabayat, but that together we'll meet in the Beit Hamigdash Hashlishi, Bimheira, will be Amenu. Amen. Thanks so much for joining. Have a beautiful day.